Welcome back to Dealing Together. First caller? I bought three sweaters to get the fourth free. Oh, you got fleeced. Next caller? I traded my old Samsung at AT&T for a new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus and chose my plan. That's not a bad deal. It is not. Our best smartphone deals. Your choice of plan. Learn how to get the new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus with Galaxy AI on us with eligible trade-in. AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Offers vary by device. Subject to change. S24 plus 256 gigabyte offer available for a limited time. Terms and restrictions apply. See att.com slash Samsung for details. And 99.3 WBT, Brett Jensen here with you on this Tuesday night of Breaking with Brett Jensen, 704-570-1110. Guys, that's the telephone number to always call the show and get in touch with me. And also, make sure you follow me on Twitter at Brett underscore Jensen for all the latest in breaking news in and around the Charlotte area because, again, you want breaking news, the main place to go is at Brett underscore Jensen, Twitter slash X. And it's, it's not bragging, as they say, if it's true. And it's true. And between CMS school fights and all kinds of stuff, and then even the Trisha Cotham interview last night that lasted three of the four segments talking about the budget, just a lot of things, and um, got some stuff coming down the pipe pretty soon. So I tell you this, and I truly mean it. I, I, I'm dead serious. Follow me on Twitter, guys. Seriously. All right. So speaking of Trisha Cotham, who joined me last night for three of the four segments. I knew that some people, I knew that a lot of people were going to listen. And I knew a lot of people were going to pay close attention to it. The people who love her and the people who hate her and wish that she would crash into a telephone pole. Brett, you're being a little extreme, aren't you? No, no, I've seen the tweets, as have many other media members, from and emails and um, attacking her car and vandalizing her car and vandalizing her house. As a matter of fact, I had um, a an, an police officer say that, yeah, we've, we've had to uh, like protect her house because of all the threats and people trying to do things to her house. A police officer told me that. So it's, it's not made up. Like, this actually happens. And, and, I, and I know some people say this, but I can't think... I don't think it can be reiterated enough. When's the last time you would hear Republicans do that? Like, seriously, if someone voted, if the, if the Supreme Court voted to keep R.V. Wade and not leave it up to each individual state, do you think people are outside protesting outside the Supreme Court justices' houses and in the neighborhoods? Do you think that's happening? Do you think they're threatening violence? I mean, do you think that's happening? Like, seriously, be honest. Republicans and conservatives, they just don't do that. That's not, their, that's not their ilk. That's not in their nature. And, but that's what Democrats do. I mean, and, and this isn't about, oh, uh, you know, oh, Brett, you're editorializing. No, 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 no. These are just facts. These are facts. 
Republicans generally, conservatives generally don't protest. They don't try and destroy things. It wasn't Republicans blowing up FBI buildings in the 60s. It wasn't Republicans. It was Democrats. Democrat youth. Hippies. Whatever. The Chicago 7. That wasn't Republicans. Some things, yes, they are very, look, some things that they protest on, very worthwhile, obviously. Whether it's civil rights issues in the 50s and 60s and, you know, stuff even into the 70s. Yes. Yes. Of course, some of the things are very, very worthwhile. But there's also a lot of things where they go so outrageously over the top, it's insane. So last night, Trisha Cotham was on with me, and the Charlotte Observer did a whole story about the interview she and I did. And the Charlotte Observer's interview, or the headline is, Democrats who can't secure budget funding are making excuses, says North Carolina Representative Trisha Cotham. That's true. That's fair. That is fair. That's exactly what she said. Well, they're making excuses. She said, I was a Democrat, and I was in the minority, and I got funding for Matthews. I got them their new uh, town hall, and that was 10 years ago. Or not town hall, excuse me, uh, community, community center, like gym, you know, place like that. Recreation center, thank you. She goes, I did that as a minority member of the House. So what's the problem? That's a them problem, not a me problem, or a Republican problem. That's a them problem. If you don't even try to get funding for your town, that's on you. If all you want to do is complain and gripe, that's on you. And that's what she said. And she basically said, and then, but here's, here's the part from the Charlotte Observer. If I had, if Tommy knew how to play a trumpet and could be a one-man band and play the, hit the drums and trumpets and everything else and shoot off fireworks inside the studio, we would. Because there's a celebration in order. The Charlotte Observer actually gave me credit for something. Maybe for the first time. I don't even know the last time this happened. But the Charlotte Observer in its second paragraph said the Easter Mecklenburg legislators' comments came during WBT Radio's Breaking with Brett Jensen show Monday evening when she talked about a range of things related to the budget. And then they quote her, and then it says, Cotham told Jensen. That might be the first time since I went out in a blaze of glory in the mid to late 90s at the Charlotte Observer that they've ever attributed anything to me. I've had their media back in the day, they used to have a a media writer, like someone who covered the media, the local and national media. And a couple of times their media person gave me a lot of credit and wrote a lot of really nice things about me when I was at WFNZ. And then when I had a show here for a year from seven to 10 at night when I was just a part-time guy, but I had a show here from 7 to 10 at night in 2014 and 2015, from July to July. And they wrote a very a lot of very nice things about me and my show when the WBT went to Dave Ramsey in 2015. 
at 7 o'clock at night. So I want to say thank you to the Charlotte Observer for finally, finally actually attributing something that I was able to do. Because most recently, people need to know this. Well, Brett, you sound like you're bitter. No, it just pisses me off. The Sean Observer recently won an AP award, a state award, for breaking news. Came in second place in a uh, statewide competition for breaking news. You know what they won the award for? Ernest Winston being fired. You guys may not remember this, but this was a year and a half ago, April. I broke that story at 1030 in the morning. The Shot Observer wrote about it at 8 o'clock at night. Ten hours after the fact. And they won the award for breaking news. Didn't say Brett Jensen was the first to report. WBT was the first to report. You guys know that's one of my biggest, biggest pet peeves. The Shot Observer doesn't compete with anybody. They don't break any news. The Shot Observer does nothing when it comes to stuff like that. They do projects, big projects. They're not in the world of breaking news because they don't have any reporters over there. They do really, really well on day-to-day coverage and breaking news with the sports, especially with the Carolina Panthers. They do a great job covering the Carolina Panthers. I've said this for many, many years. That's one of the very few reasons to ever read the Shot Observer is Scott Fowler and the other beat writers that cover the Carolina Panthers. Outside of that, Why? Every once in a while, they'll have a nice little project put together. But again, they're not, in the, they're not in the realm of breaking news. So when someone breaks news, here's an idea. How about giving them credit? Oh, like you didn't give me credit in your piece on Saturday about the fight going on at Harding University. Brett Jensen of WBT first reported Friday night that a major brawl took place at Harding University. But meanwhile, here's our story late Saturday about this topic. Really? How'd you find out about it? If I don't tweet about it, you don't find out about it. So I want to say thank you, Sean Observer, for finally actually giving me credit and mentioning my name. I'm surprised you didn't say Trisha Cotham told a radio show and just leave it at that. That stuns me, to be honest with you. So congratulations, Sean Observer, for actually doing something right for once when it comes to like acknowledging people who break something before you all the time. All right, when we come back, Mark Garrison is going to be joining us because He was covering earlier this morning the whole situation about Braxton Winston last night going, hey, and I'm paraphrasing, homeless people want to take a poop on your front porch, that's their right. So we'll talk about that when we come back. I'm Brett Jensen, and you're listening to Breaking with Brett Jensen. Life is full of things to manage. Your work, your family, your plans, and your treatment. Consider Kesimpta, Ofatumumab 20-milligram injection. You can take it yourself from the comfort of home. If you're ready for something different, ask your healthcare provider about Kesimpta and check out the details at kesimpta.com. Brought to you by Novartis Pharmaceuticals Corporation. Welcome back to Dealing Together. First caller? I bought three sweaters to get the fourth free. Oh, you got fleeced. Next caller? I traded my old Samsung at AT&T for a new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus and chose my plan. That's not a bad deal. It is not. Our best smartphone deals. Your choice of plan. Learn how to get the new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus with Galaxy AI on us with eligible trade-in. AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Offers vary by device. Subject to change. S24 plus 256 gigabyte offer available for a limited time. Terms and restrictions apply. See att.com slash Samsung for details. 
Welcome back to Breaking with Brett Jensen. Going up until 8 o'clock tonight, 704-570-1110. And guys, always say it. Follow me on Twitter or X. I'm just worried if I keep saying X, no one's going to know what the hell I'm talking about. But 704-570-1110 and Brett underscore Jensen. All right, we bring in Mark Garrison. You guys know him. You guys love him. He's the morning anchor now here. It has been for a few months now. And this is a true story. I'm sitting in um, with Bo and Beth this morning, and it's during a, you know the bottom of the hour. It's about it's at nine thirty, and then I all of a sudden over the speaker, um, over the intercom, or you know inside the studio, I hear this: People are not defecating or urinating in neighborhoods simply because an ordinance is not does not have a. Uh, a criminal prosecution associated with it. I'm sorry. Shh. If, if, please. Where are they going to use the bathroom if you attach a criminal penalty to it? They're going to go to the detention center? Where are they going to go when they get out? This conversation just doesn't make sense. So it immediately grabbed my attention because I heard the word defecate coming over the loudspeaker inside the studio. (laughs) And I immediately had to go and ask Mark, like, what in the world? And so Mark joins us now. And Mark, like I said, it was when you listen to the entire testimony of Braxton Winston, I don't say testimony, but the speech given by Braxton Winston about, hey, they got to go somewhere. Might as well be your, you know, your sidewalk or your back porch or whatever. What, you know, you're just being racist, essentially. They got to go somewhere. It was jarring to hear. Well, this is an interesting story because about a month ago, a bunch of people, more than 30, showed up at the city council. Most of them live in the uptown area and said, look, you've got to do something about this. And I mean, there's security camera footage aplenty that shows people walking up onto the porches of folks who live uptown. They drop their pants, they do their business and walk away. And right now, there's no enforcement mechanism. One reason for that is Governor Cooper signed a law that decriminalizes public urination and such, leaving it up to the towns whether they want to make it a misdemeanor. So you've got a lot of people who live in the uptown area going, yes, we need some enforcement here. And then last night, Braxton Winston going, oh, this is a silly conversation because... You know, they got to go somewhere, and you're not going to keep them locked up. So uh, let's just move on to something else. Well, it's easy to say that when they're not doing it at your house. (laughs) That's right. (laughs) I mean, seriously. And, I mean, how many people get upset when they walk in their front yard and they step in dog poop when they don't even have a dog? And because someone walking their dog allowed their dog to do that. I mean, it infuriates people. But now you're talking about, you know, human waste on your front porch and everything else and the homeless got to go somewhere so what was the crux of this why is this all of a sudden an issue well because i suppose the uh the uh, public safety committee now is going to take it up and uh, discuss whether or not to suggest making this a misdemeanor uh that uh, the cops could either i suppose with the misdemeanor they could uh, write you a citation for doing it or they could uh, take you to jail now whether a magistrate would actually lock you up that's an interesting question uh to to consider um and braxton also talked uh, a little later about the fact you know maybe we just need to put a bunch of bathrooms uptown he also and this was very interesting he criticized the county for tearing down the library of course they're tearing it down to build a bigger, better library, but he said, well, the county tore down the library and that took away the bathrooms for the homeless. So it was a, it was a bizarre speech on his part. 
Well, and this is a man running for statewide office, and I can't think of a better way to torpedo your campaign <laughs> and giving the opposition fodder by saying these people have a right to do their business anywhere they want, even if it's on the hood of your car. <laughs> yeah, I think, you know, yeah, he's running for labor commissioner, which is a stretch for him. He has no statewide constituency. Uh, but, you know, this this shows he's very, very much to the left. And uh, uh, so really hearing some of the comments, not so surprising. But, you know, I mean, to put yourself in the shoes of these folks uptown who are enduring this, there was one woman who uh, spoke out recently who said she just took her little girl up to Discovery Place and right there on the sidewalk in front of them as they're going in the door at Discovery Place, this guy drops his pants and yeah, does a number two right there in front of them. Well, and, you know, they're trying to figure out why businesses and people don't want to go uptown. They're trying to figure this out. And they're actually trying to solve it. Them and, you know, the uh, CRVA and the CRBA and all this other stuff, you know, the county, uh, the Chamber of Commerce. Everyone's trying to figure out how can we revitalize uptown. And the best way to not do it is let it be San Francisco or Portland. Well, I tell you, I think a coming story that we uh, should keep an eye on uh, in Charlotte and even in Raleigh is the state of the downtowns, or in Charlotte as we call it, the uptown, because you've got so many buildings now that are nearly vacant, the high-rise uh, because the high rises because people aren't coming back to work. So crime is up, assaults are up in the center city. Then you're dealing with this homeless nonsense and the, and the defecation everywhere. And in Raleigh today. Uh, the police chief said crime in their center city is up 60%. She said it's so bad, we're suggesting that the bars put in metal detectors to keep people from bringing guns into the bars. So that leaves this very important question. If that happens, if it's so unsafe, why would anyone go there? And the, and the answer is they're not. It's more of a rhetorical that's, question. They're just not. That's exactly right. You know, is Charlotte going to go back to what it used to be in the 70s, where everybody was afraid to go uptown? I mean, we're not there yet, but I think if we're not careful, we could head in that direction. Well, I can tell you, Mark, you're not, you're not very far away because I don't know many people that like to go uptown for dinner or drinks or anything else like that. And, and you talk about back in the 70s, it was that way in the 80s and really even into the 90s. And the place that you like it was the joke for everything all through my high school in the 80s and in our early 90s was, oh, you want hookers or cocaine or guns? Trade and try on. Oh, yeah. When I first came to Channel three years ago and we did some we did a ton of stories doing some undercover drug buys uptown because it was so easy. You could do it right there on the street. So, yeah, you're right about that. And we have to be careful that we don't head in that direction. And the, the issue with the homeless is just part of that problem. Absolutely. Well, Mark, I really appreciate you joining us tonight because I know you've had a sure. long day and you got an early morning tomorrow morning. So I really do appreciate you joining us. Welcome back to Breaking with Brett Jensen. Going up until 8 o'clock, three more minutes here. So guys, tomorrow, uh, tomorrow night I should say, WBT will air the second GOP primary debate. Brent Winnable, of course, as always, will return at 8.45, 8.45 tomorrow night for the pregame coverage. And they'll talk it up during the debate, and then he'll have like a little postgame and analysis and recap. And so guys, make sure that you... Uh, Tune in tomorrow night, and 
I have to be honest with you. I've been on uh, invited to my very first ever debate watch party. Apparently, it's a thing. Apparently, it's a thing. A lot of Republicans and a lot of clubs do this. Democrats, Republicans, they get together and they watch it like it's uh, like the the Final Four or Super Bowl. Not quite as big as Super Bowl, but they have debate watch parties and. I also know that they have bachelor watch parties. I, I get it. I get it. But uh, so my response was, well, it starts at 9. I can get there at 830 because I'm here with you guys until 8. So I guess I'm going to go. I don't know. We'll see. It just so happened the last time the Republicans had their debate, there was a debate watch party in my building by one of the Republican, where I live, or by one of the Republican women groups. And someone says, oh, well, you know, Brett Jensen lives here. And they're like, oh, bring him up, bring him up. So I went up there, you know, to get a couple free beers and some free cake and hummus and whatever. And we're talking to some people, and some older woman kept shushing me like I was in a movie theater. And she was in a different, because we have a ma- massive upstairs like viewing area and a kitchen and everything. Like it's it's huge, very, very big. And she would walk around the corner and tell all of us, we're here to watch the debate. You guys, if you want to talk, you need to go somewhere else. Like, well, that's easy because my apartment's right downstairs. I got an elevator that'll take me there in 30 seconds. We're good on that. We're good on that. I will say normally I'm uh, not on that kind of person's side in, a, in an interaction, but with a debate, you know, most of the point, of it is to to be able to hear. I agree. So, but she's, do, you, I can, I can, do you but do you really think people are going to be quiet at a quote unquote party? No, I'd watch it at home if I wanted to listen. There <laughs> it is. Which brings me to this: I hate Super Bowl parties. I hate national championship parties, Final Four parties. Don't go. If it's something that I'm truly, truly interested in. I don't go to the parties because I want to be able to hear and see and not be distracted by people wanting to talk to me about sports or politics or whatever. I want to be able to just watch it. I, I don't I don't like Super Bowl parties. I want to be able to see the halftime show. I want to be able to see the commercials. I'm not a big Super Bowl guy in terms of parties. Been to, you know, probably 10 of them. But I try to limit them as much as possible. Not a big fan. Like, me and my friend, my best friend, we'll, we'll stay at his house. We'll order, like, a lot of food, barbecue or wings or pizza, whatever. We'll sit on his back deck. We'll watch the Super Bowl with the outdoor heaters, smoking cigars, and watching the game. Like, that's what we do. I don't need to be in a house with Swedish meatballs and pigs in a blanket. I'm good. I'm good. So, anyway, I got that tomorrow night. Um, and I'll report to you on that um, uh, but yeah, just, uh, we'll see what happens on that. All right. Um, also real quick Monday, I think there's a couple spots left and Monday I am the spokesperson for the Charlotte Rotary South club and we're having the golf tournament just for kids. As a matter of fact, the name of the website is tee off for kids where you can donate or you can join as a foursome and it's at Rain Tree Country Club and it's Monday morning and I know me and like Frank Garcia and a couple other people are going to be there and I'm going to be playing one hole 
for at least 22 groups, but they have enough space for 24. So I'm going to be playing the same hole at least 22 times. And if I hit a good shot, they get to use my shot or whatever. But we're going to be there, and it's all for kids. And if you can't play, you don't like golf, you don't care about golf, you're busy, I get it. If you don't think you can put a foursome together between now and next Monday, I get it. Um, but there are there are ways to help, and it's all things about, like, um, fostering kids and making sure kids have roofs over their heads and just a lot of different stuff that a 100% of it involves the kids. So if you get a chance and you can – you can donate. Great. Um, I understand that we're getting to that time of year where there are a million types of charities. Like, we do it here. Like, we'll have the bikes for kids that we do every year, and there's a lot of things going on. And once October hits, that's when everyone starts talking about, hey, here's what's going on with the charity stuff. Hey, can you donate? Can you donate? To, can you donate? I, I get it. It's all the time. And if you remember... Uh, Earlier in the week, I wrote or I read something about the uh, the animal shelter, animal, you know, how they're trying to, they need people who can foster parents or foster pets, I should say, or pay for their their vacation for about a month and a half or so because they're redoing a lot of their kennels. And they need basically from September 27th through November 1st because they're redoing um, all these 18 dog kennels. And they have 36 spaces where they need 36 dogs to help out or, you know, to find homes for. And they said, uh, they said they're still looking to do that. They're still like, they're still in the process of like trying to find foster parents just, just for five weeks. Even if you can't have a dog, that's, uh, it's a tough situation because if you foster a dog within five weeks, you're, you're liable to get attached. Unless you're the type of person who goes, you know what, this dog is going to find a forever home and that's what we're in this for. And if you can separate your emotions and your set of sadness of losing the dog, but actually being happy because it found a forever home, if you're able to do that, that's awesome. I don't think I'd be able to do that. I don't think I'd be able to separate the two, you know, sad and happy. I think I'd be more sad than happy. And I don't want to get emotionally attached to something and then all of a sudden have it go away. But these people are, it takes a special person to be able to adopt a dog and then give it to a forever home. You know, and same thing with foster kids, obviously. You know, especially with foster kids, it might be six months or eight months or a year. And maybe you develop a bond and you and those kids really grow together. Well, then at that point, you got to maybe, maybe try and start the adoption process. And how long will that take in America? That's one of the biggest complaints is that adoptions take forever and a day to actually become, to be actually happen. And that's why so many people and parents wanting kids were going overseas, adopting kids from Russia and Africa and Korea and Vietnam and Thailand was because the red tape here was so thick and arduous that it just made sense. And it was actually cheaper to fly back and forth to Russia or Ukraine or Korea as opposed to this trying to adopt in America. But again, go check it out if you get a chance. You know, the uh, the actual uh, Humane Society, not Humane Society here, the Animal Care Control, and you can just do animals.cmpd.org. Animals.cmpd.org. And also, with my little charity going on, with like helping out the Charlotte Rotary South, it's teeoffforkids.com. 
All right, when we come back, Scott Hamilton is going to be joining us from Indian Trail. They've got city council meeting going on about that whole church business going on uptown. And, you know, we've had him on a couple of times over the last couple of weeks to talk about it. So Scott Hamilton coming up next. I'm Brett Jensen, and you're listening to Breaking with Brett Jensen. Life is full of things to manage. Your work, your family, your plans, and your treatment. Consider Kesimpta, Ofatumumab 20-milligram injection. You can take it yourself from the comfort of home. If you're ready for something different, ask your healthcare provider about Kesimpta and check out the details at kesimpta.com. Brought to you by Novartis Pharmaceuticals Corporation. Welcome back to Dealing Together. First caller? I bought three sweaters to get the fourth free. Oh, you got fleeced. Next caller? I traded my old Samsung at AT&T for a new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus and chose my plan. That's not a bad deal. It is not. Our best smartphone deals. Your choice of plan. Learn how to get the new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus with Galaxy AI on us with eligible trade-in. AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Offers vary by device. Subject to change. S24 plus 256 gigabyte offer available for a limited time. Terms and restrictions apply. See att.com slash Samsung for details. Welcome back to Breaking with Brett Jensen. I am Brett Jensen for a few more minutes here, going up until 8 o'clock, 704-570-1110. All right, so Scott Hamilton's about to join us from uh, Indian Trail. And he's at the city council meeting, and he joins us now live from the city council meeting at Indian Trail. And we've been following. So, Scott, uh, Give us an update. Give us a little play-by-play. Has anything dramatic happened? Has there been an apologies? Has there been people yelling at each other? What's going on right now with the city council with this Indian Trail? Well, I'm going to try not to get too loud because it's really echoey in this hall of justice. Keep waiting for, I don't know, Superman and Batman and the rest of the super friends to come down the hallway. Uh, Just a lot of uh, stuff you expect in a town council meeting, except maybe this one's got a little bit more juice to it. People have already addressed um, to kind of put the squabbling behind them, going back to the uh, the whole issue of the, the the council member calling off the town planner and misquoting her and getting censured and all that. Uh, they're debating the pros and cons of that revitalization plan. And remember, that's at the center of all this. It's a plan they paid $90,000 to have completed. So uh, we have people in the audience talking about that. But, Brett, the, the, biggest, the biggest takeaway I'm getting is that there's just a lot of political posturing by either sitting council members who seem to be a little bit more engaged than normal in these kinds of matters, or you then you have people in the audience who are candidates for some of these positions, or mayor actually, who uh, they're just real transparent. I mean, they're getting a little loose and a little fast with their three minutes of allocated mic time, and you can tell the attacks are a little more personal than usual. So uh, small-town politics, man, small-town politics. Well, that's right. That's exactly right. So Scott Hamilton, who's in our newsroom, is actually from our newsroom, I should say, is currently in Indian Trail at the city council meeting there in Indian Trail. See, and that's the thing, you know, the posturing from people who are going to be running for office, be a mayor or city council, are picking sides on this already. And things are getting, you know, things tend to get pointed, especially in small town politics where everybody knows everybody. And so uh, has there, I'm just curious, like, you know, has Barber, the mayor pro tem, who was the one who was censured a couple weeks ago, how's he been reacting tonight? Uh, he's, he's been pretty 
quiet. He he did he did just ask a lot of questions of the city planner. Um, still no apology or anything to do with the whole flat that got him smacked on the wrist. I, I will say this: Dennis Gay, he's one of the council members. He seems to be the voice of reason for all this, trying to just explain exactly what happened, get everybody to move past it, and uh, really focus on the matter at hand. Because here, here's the thing, Brett: this plan is a 20-year plan. It's not going to go into effect for quite a while. They have a lot of time. They can change it, too. What they like about it, what they don't like about it. And, and to Dennis Gay's point, they can take the ideas of this plan and then kind of customize it to what they want. But that seems to be the issue because nobody can agree what they want. They can't even agree on what the definition of small town is. Uh, they, they all seem to have different ideas about that. So, well, I got news for you. Um, it's called Indian Trail. Well, I'm not going to go that far, but I, but uh, it, it's I will. These people are very passionate about their community. Um, it's it, it, you know, it's really fascinating. I mean, this is something that you know, if if we had the time and the resources, would be a fascinating story. You know, a, a town and a community at a crossroads. What's it want to be? What's it envision itself being in 20 years, and what price is it willing to pay? Not necessarily in money, but what it loses culturally or historically or what it's willing to give up in order to grow and be something else. And, and a couple of people actually said, we don't want to be Charlotte. We don't want to be Charlotte. Well, I don't think that would be a problem, but you have to modernize and you have to evolve. How much are you willing to give up of your past and of your identity in order to keep up and to keep growing and thriving? So what do you think they're going to accomplish tonight? Do you think that anything is going to be accomplished tonight? I think a lot of it's going to be pushed back to the next meeting. That is, I believe, October 10th. Oh, well, um, sounds like I'm going to get a timeshare here. That or that or is actually going to it's called YouTube (laughs) So, because YouTube works at your apartment. So, you know, just just saying. I I will say this. There was one lady who stood up and she had signed up and everybody's, you know, getting the three minutes and they're going past their three minutes and they got to stop when the buzzer sounds. This lady named Leslie stands up and she says, I've heard so many rumors and I came here tonight to hear anything but rumors. Walked away. She was done. That was my winner of the evening. Okay, there you go. That's leaving. Sounds like the smart one. Uh, you, you, <laughs> you, you might want to follow suit. But anyways, uh, well, enjoy the rest of the, the exhilarating and um, f- you know absolute fun that is Indian Trail City Council meetings. So enjoy the rest of the night there, uh, enjoying that, and then hopefully it won't last too much longer. Then you could head on your head your way back to Charlotte. So, but I do appreciate you. I, in all sincerity, though, I do appreciate you joining us tonight in the middle of the City Council meeting. In all sincerity, I appreciate you and just you know your awesomeness and everything. Well, so. that's uh, that's 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 what we're here for, and you know you're not the only one to say that. So I appreciate that. No problem, brother. All right, buddy. Thanks a lot. Scott Hamilton joining us live from Indian Trail at the city council meeting. I'm sorry. Indian Trail is a small town. I'm I'm sorry. It is. It is. Mooresville, Troutman, small towns. Brett, we're the 14th biggest. Yeah, but most people didn't even know you had a downtown. And I'm not trying to dump all over Indian Trail. But most people didn't even know you had a downtown. So, like, again, and Indian Trail is growing a lot and Indian Trail is growing a lot because people don't want to live in Mecklenburg County or they don't want to live in Charlotte or they can't find a place to live in Mecklenburg County or Charlotte. They don't want to send their kids to school at CMS and totally understandable. And so 
they are living in the surrounding counties, right next to the county, be it Belmont, Mount Holly, the Denver area, Mooresville, again, right on the county. And you got like up in Cabarrus County, right on the county line. And Tiga Kay and Fort Mill, right on the county line. And Lancaster and Indian Land and Indian Trail and Marvin and Weddington, right on, Waxhaw, right on the county line, but not in Mecklenburg County. Better schools, lower taxes. That's what they. That's what everyone tells you. Why'd you choose Iredell County? Better schools, lower taxes. Why are you living in Fort Mill? Better schools, lower taxes. Okay. Hey, less crime. Can't argue with those three, can you? In all sincerity, and I'm not trying to dump on Indian Trail. I'm, I'm not. I'm just saying, you know, just you know, if, if people try to figure out what is a small town and they're arguing over that, that that could be a problem because you're not a metropolis. You're not a city. No one says the city of Indian Trail. They say the town of Indian Trail. And again, I'm not trying to dump on you, but just, you know, you have to be able to understand what you are and who you are in order to solve problems. And if you think you're much bigger than you are, that's a problem. But at the exact same time, if you think you're much smaller than what you are and that you're Mayberry when you're clearly not, that's also a problem. If you think it's 1964 and not 2023 going into 2024, that's a problem. So truly understanding what you are and who you are, not just Indian Trail, everywhere. Indian Land. Indian Land is trying to become a town. Indian Land has been trying to become a town for the longest time. And, like, from what I understand, they're still not there yet, and they think they're going to get headway. They think they become a town, and then they can't. And people in Lancaster County, other towns, are saying, oh, no, no, we don't want Indian land to be part of a town. We don't want them to have a mayor and a city council. So you just got to understand who you are and what you are. That's all it is. Not, not dumping on anyone. Just, you just have to be realistic with yourself. And once you're realistic, then you can go, okay, here's what we need to do. Because there's a lot of issues going on in Union County between Indian Trail and then all the sewer situations and the water situations going on in Weddington and Marvin and Waxhaw and all that. That's a disaster because you can't build any more houses and so many people want to move there because they don't want to live in Mecklenburg County. Taxes, schools, crime. That's why they want to come to your school, your county. Just know what you are. Know what you are. Know who you are. Fort Mill, Tika K, Belmont seem to have gotten it right. Mount Holly seems to have gotten it right. Denver, Mooresville seems to have gotten it right. All right, we're going to do this all over again tomorrow. I really appreciate everyone listening tonight. We're going to do it again. I'm Brett Jensen, and you've been listening to Breaking with Brett Jensen.